0: Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you can uh, turn in your Bibles to Romans, the 10th chapter. As we get ready to begin, I'll pray here in just a second. Um, Such a good time in worship this morning. Amen. Uh, I'm just going to do this just because she won't. But how many of you like that last song? Anybody like that last song? Uh, Selena wrote that song and stuff. So how many of you like to hear more stuff like that? I'm, 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 I'm pastoring her. I'm picking on her on purpose. Right. Because many times she hides her light under a bushel sometimes. And so I'm, I'm going to help try to pull it out and put it on the candle stand so all in the house can see it. Amen. But it's just such a good, good time, good presence of the Lord this morning. We welcome everybody that's here in person, anybody that's watching by live stream or Facebook live more than live stream. Uh, but let's just pray and we'll jump right in. Lord, we love you so much. So grateful to be together today. Father, as always, just so dependent on you. Holy Spirit, just uh, speak to us speak through us. Uh, Lord, open up the eyes of our understanding to see and to know um, the way you've made us, the way you've made things to operate, the way you've made things to function in the name of Jesus. Amen. Help me to speak clearly and accurately in Jesus' name. Amen. But here we're just, you know, just talking about, and we've done for some weeks about living in grace and faith. You know, we've use our communion table uh, as an example of everything that was freely provided to us by the grace of Jesus is on the table, right? This represents everything that grace freely brought us, and how do we receive it? How do we receive what Jesus put on the table? Okay, what does that look like? You go up and take it. Right. It's why we've been doing communion the way we've been doing it the past few weeks is that's what faith looks like. What y'all did this morning, just coming up and receiving it is as easy as it is to receive everything God has given you through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Was it hard to get communion this morning? No. Was it complicated? No. Did you have to like crawl up here on your knees and go, oh, I'm un- I'm undeserving. So unworthy, you know, no, you just came up and took it. Guys, but that is faith. Faith is simply your positive response to everything Jesus has already set before you. You come and receive it freely from him. Amen. Now we're talking about with that, then what limits us in receiving, Right. What limits us in taking what Jesus has already done? Because, like the table, is Jesus withholding anything? No, no, sir. Is Jesus keeping anything back from us? No, no. no he's not. Uh, go, keep you're here in Romans. Go to the left a little bit. Go to chapter eight. Look at verse thirty-one. This is probably you know we all talk about the life verse. These are probably my life verses, these two verses, Romans chapter eight, 31 and 32, where Paul says, what shall we say to these things then? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the answer to that question is nobody, nobody. right? I mean, again, y'all heard me use the Southern example of tag team wrestling. It's not wrestling, it's (laughs) wrestling, right? Tag team wrestling, right? If God was your tag team wrestling partner, right? Would you ever be afraid of losing a match? No. <laughs> right. My thing would be is, is I just keep him in the ring and I would just stay in the corner praising him going, go Jesus, go. You got it. Great job. Amen. I got you. I'm right here. Amen. But let's look at this as if God is for us, who will be against us? Notice verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us what? So if God, right, if God did not withhold his son, but freely gave him up for us all, is he going to withhold anything else from you? Amen. Do you see that? Right. Do you understand? I love it. It's an old song. We were talking about it. I forgot who I was talking about it with, but you know that, uh, what's that song that Hill songs used to do? It was, that said the darling of heaven, crucified, darling. Of heaven, crucified. Do y'all remember that mm-hmm. worthy is the lamb. You understand? We miss that as, cause we're not Australian, That's right. but the darling of heaven, the, that word means, uh, it was talking of a shepherd and his most favorite sheep. That's, the That's called the darling. The shepherd's darling is his prized sheep. And here they said he's the darling of heaven, crucified. Right? Do you understand that Jesus is the darling of heaven? He is the most valued, most important thing in all of creation. So if he did not withhold from you the absolute best, would he withhold anything else from you? Amen. Yeah. Does that make sense? Amen. Can, can, can Miss Haley, can I pick on you for a second? Is that okay? I'm, I'm just it, it promise I'm gonna. I have my daughter hand you my wallet. Wait, i actually. y'all see. Here's my wallet. This is all the money I've got in my wallet. All right. And I want Miss Haley to go through that stack of money, and I want you to pick out the biggest bill there is. What's the biggest bill that's there? I don't even know what the biggest bill is there. So this. Maybe only ones. I hope not. But uh, what's the biggest bill? A 20. Okay. So you hang on to that 20. You put that in your pocket and hang on to that now. And that's yours. You just keep it for real. And this is not that I'm not taking it back now. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's her turn. It's her turn to volunteer. Right. And so if you keep that now, what's the smallest bill? A A dollar. All right. So do you think I'll give you the dollar too? What do you think? What do you think? Do you think, uh, it, there it is. Would you like the dollar too? <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Do, do you believe I'll give you the dollar? Huh? Why? Yeah, right. Did I already give you a 20? So why would I withhold a dollar? Right. Now I can take the rest of it back. But you know, no, you keep the you keep the twenty one. But do you see that, right? If I've already given you my best, why would I withhold the least? But we think that way of God all the time, don't we? He's already given us, according to what Paul said in Romans, He's already given us the best. If He did not withhold His Son. Then why would he withhold anything else? So is he withholding healing from us? Come on, now help me out. Now y'all looking real funny at me now. Is he withholding healing? Is healing bigger than greater than Jesus? No. Is healing more valuable than Jesus? Is healing more important than Jesus? No. Is healing less than Jesus? Less valuable? Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, would you rather have eternal salvation or healing? Come on now, tell me what eternal you'd rather have. Salvation. Right, which one would you rather have? Yeah. I'm not playing with yet. You'd rather have eternal. So if healing, which is something that's only needed now and temporary, is not greater than eternal salvation, mm-hmm. then why would God withhold that from you if he's already given you eternal salvation? Right. I'm, let some of y'all look at this. This all, like Y'all look at me like, Brother Hagin, I now understand Brother Hagin like a cow at a new gate. Y'all all just looking at me like, what in the world? Would he withhold prosperity from you? No, no. Is money more important than Jesus? No, no. Is material blessing more important than Jesus? No. It's just, again, it's just temporary stuff. It's you just, you only need it down here. Yeah. It's going to pass away. Why would he withhold that from you if he gave you Jesus? Jesus? Does this make sense? Yeah. Right? So, you guys, so what happens is, is then what limits us from receiving? It's that we're not persuaded that he'll do it. Just like, I mean, I was picking on Miss Haley. Just like Miss Haley wasn't, she was like, why is this crazy guy picking on me? I just came here. I'm just, I'm being quiet. I'm not even bothering nobody. Right, and, he, he, and then he wants me, hey, Will I give you a dollar too. Well, I, 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 I don't know. Right? Does that make sense? But we do that because you're, you, you don't know. You don't know me well enough. I could be playing an evil trick on you or something. Right? It could be a, counterfeit. It could be a counter. You don't know. You didn't we didn't earn it. Right? I, didn't, I don't deserve it. Aren't you glad you didn't earn it and you don't deserve it? I lost some of y'all right there too. Amen. So what I said, but it's about persuasion. Right. The difference is, is where is my persuasion about what God wants to do? Does that make sense? Many times it's a lot like the, remember the leper that came to Jesus and he said, Lord, I know you're able to do this. But do you want to do this? Are you willing to do this? And Jesus looked at him and touched him and said, I am willing, be thou whole. Mm -hmm. Right? So you understand persuasion is an understanding in 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 a knowing that he is able and he's willing. That he desires to do these things in your life. That it brings him pleasure to do these things in his life. Does that make sense? And not because like it brought me pleasure to give Haley twenty one dollars. It truly does. And my only thing is is I do this all the time. That I never can tell when I've done this for years. This little illustration, and I always kind of feel bad because I prefer it. I've done it only once. I had a hundred dollar bill stuck in there, and I didn't know what it was in there, and I was just as shocked as the other person, right? And I'm like, sweet, awesome. Makes me think I got to keep a hundred dollars in my pocket all the time. Never can tell when God's going to do this kind of stuff. But you want to. Did this help? Yeah. I didn't quite get it. That, can you do it one more time? Get one more time. I get it. One more time. One more time, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> do the gospel one more time. Amen. One more time. One more time. Well, see, guys, and now you see how faith is contagious. Yes, it is. Right. Now you see how faith is. But we're talking about, and I want to continue about this process of persuasion. Will you allow your heart to be persuaded? Will you permit God to persuade you of what he desires to do for you? And quit putting up some of our false pretenses like Kurt just said of, well, I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Right. Wait a minute. There's got to be some kind of catch here. What, what are you asking me to give up? What, what are you asking me to do? Like, I'm not going to look at Haley and go, you know, if you wanted to put that in the offering bucket, <laughs> you know, eat. no, I want you, here's my, don't put, I want you to take it home with you. Okay. Right. Does that, does that make sense? You know, these are those kind of things that we're talking about, but where that comes from is from hearing and knowing God. So back to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter ten, and we we'll look at verse seventeen. Now I got to back up to verse sixteen because it illustrates this: is, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, because Isaiah says, "Lord, who has believed our report?" You know, many people have not come to Jesus because they just don't, they just believe it's too good to be true. They think there's a catch, right? They believe something different. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I'm going to pick up where we left off last week. That word, word there is the Greek word. And like last week, that's a lot of words in one sentence, right? Is the Greek word rhema. And the Greek word rhema means a word that is spoken, right? A word that is spoken. Just like, again, to pick on Haley some more, it's like, so when I said, Haley, will you take this money and go through it and pick out the $20 bill and take it with you, that was a word spoken to her. She could have said, yeah, no, this is a trap. I refuse it. I'm going to give it back Mm -hmm. and I don't want anything to do with it. Or she could have said, "Uh, okay, I I don't get it. This seems strange, but I'll go with it. (laughs) And she acted on the word that was spoken. Do you see how that works? Now, if I came, if you came next week and I said, hey, Haley, here's a big stack of money. Will you take the $100 bill out of it? Would you be a little bit more easy to do that? Why? Why? Because I've already, you've already heard my voice, you've already experienced what I was willing to do. Mm -hmm. So do you understand then that faith is a process of growth? That your faith will get stronger? Mm -hmm. Not because it needs to be stronger. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? How much faith does it take to move a mountain? Little bitty. Mustard seed. So we're not talking about quantity. Mm -hmm. Right? We're not talking about your ability to grow your faith so you have humongoid faith, but we are talking about, just like this, the more you step out and act on what God tells you to do, you gain more confidence in what you've heard and what he's willing to do, and you step a little bit more. Does, this, does that make sense? Because yes. some of the times what we've done with people not meaning to is we've made it seem like you need bigger faith. Or you need better faith. Right? No, no, no. You don't need bigger or better faith. Because again, Jesus said you just need like a little bitty drop of faith. Right? But what happens is, is as we go through the process of persuasion, we get stronger in following him and doing what he's asking us to do. Does that make sense? Now again, we said that that word, that that word rhema there is a spoken revealed word. Right, Faith comes by hearing and hearing a spoken, revealed word of God to you. Now, if y'all help me with this, I'm going to back up and show you this and make the connection. Go to Mark chapter 4. And Holy Spirit, I really, really need you this morning. Mark chapter 4. The reason why I prayed that prayer just now is because I want to cut through some of this stuff because I know when we talk about faith and believing, there's been a lot of people who have been hurt, again, many times very unintentionally, but they've been hurt in this concept of faith, right? Because they've been told your faith's not big enough, your faith's not strong enough, all kinds of things, right? And they've seen people like we have, we've seen people abuse what might be called the faith message. Right, Hey, but listen, but just because something gets abused doesn't make it untrue. <laughs> Does that make sense? Just because something is abused doesn't make it untrue. You have to learn to look past and identify abuse so that you can understand truth. Amen. Does that make sense? Just again, if I can, as, a, as a physical example, right? just because we can see that men have been abusive at times, especially to women, doesn't mean that there aren't good men. (laughs) Does that make sense? This church is full of good men, great men, right? So just because we can identify and say, yep, there's been abuse out there, that doesn't mean we blank it all up and say, well, then all men are bad. Does that that make sense? So anyway, Mark chapter four. I'm going to kind of unpack something a little bit. And again, through this, this conversation we're having, please stop me, ask questions, clarification, all of that stuff. Yes, sir. you don't mind. No, please. Faith versus persuasion. What's- okay. Is there a difference or is it the same thing? To me, they're the same thing. Faith and persuasion are the same thing. Hold, hold your, your, Mark chapter four, hold, well we, we, hopefully we'll get there. Go back to Romans to answer the question. Go to Romans chapter four. And this fits in really well. Romans chapter 4, verse number 20. Let's go to verse 20 to start. This is talking about Abraham. It says, we'll back up a little bit. Thank you. Go to verse 19. Abraham says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, when you look at the Greek language and the Spanish translation of the Bible as well, because Spanish and Greek are real close together. Just fun fact for Bible study, Um, Spanish and Greek they are real tight with one another. Uh, And so I find many times that the Spanish translations of the Bible are way more accurate than the English translations because of the way the languages work. So in the Greek and the Spanish, it actually says, and Abraham was not weak in faith because he considered his body dead. He actually knew his body was dead. He actually looked at his body and said, yep, the plumbing hadn't worked in a long time, right? And they didn't have Viagra back in those days, so he had nowhere to go, right? So he, he looked around and said, nope, can't, can't do nothing with that. But I know what God said. Now listen to me, and this is why that's important to understand and answer what Tony was saying, the difference between faith and persuasion. I, I, I'm going to show you, to me, faith and persuasion are synonymous terms. And the more I've come to understand faith as persuasion, the more it has helped me in my faith. Right. Because how many of you have ever heard or had someone say to you, well, uh, Tony, just believe, brother. Anybody ever done that to you before? Yes. Hey, well, just aren't you believing? Just believe. Come on now. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Right. And and not necessarily sometimes that they might be wrong, but a better word to say is, well, where's your persuasion? Where, where, where? What level of persuasion are you at? How persuaded are you in what you're talking about? Y'all looking me kind of funny. Okay, let's Abraham. Let me confine you, and we'll talk here. Chapter four again. We looked at verse um, nineteen. It says, "But he did not waver in verse twenty at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God." Notice verse twenty one. And being fully persuaded that the one who, was promise, who promised was able to perform that which he had promised. And then it was accounted unto him as righteousness. So it says that Abraham was fully persuaded. So that means if he was fully persuaded, there was a time in Abraham's life when he wasn't fully persuaded. Could we agree with that? Yeah. Now he knew the promise... He knew what God had said, but there was a time period for persuasion that had to take place. And really when you look at Abraham's life, he went from a process of, from Rhema to Rhema to Rhema to Rhema, Rhema, Mm -hmm. right? Again, real brief, you can go back and study it and I'd encourage you to, to look at the life of Abraham. So Abraham is in the Ur of the Chaldees. Again, he is coming from a pagan background, When you look at that, so Abraham comes from moon worshipers, right? And he comes from this this period, but it says, but God appeared to Abraham. God came to Abraham and began to introduce himself to Abraham. Do you see that? Now, Genesis tells us why God chose Abraham. It says, because he knew that Abraham would teach his children after him who he was. So why did God pick Abraham? Because he knew he would be a good father that when he had children, he would teach his children who God was. Right? So that's the only reason God picked Abraham. But God picks Abraham. Doesn't that sound like the gospel now? Mm-hmm. How many of you picked God first? How many here, you, you, you picked God first? You said, you know what, God, I've kind of looked at all the other gods of the world. <laughs> I've kind of gone through a bit of a selection process and I've chosen you. Anybody pick God? No. How many of you, you agree with what John said in his letter? Man, I love God because he loved me first. Right. God came and he picked me when, again, when I wasn't deserving of it, when I had nothing to bring, when I was at my worst, God came to me. And God said, Brad, I choose you. I and mean, it sounds like the story with Abraham, doesn't it? So God comes and picks Abraham and begins to lead him in a process of persuasion of who he was and what he was willing to do. Right? Doesn't this sound very familiar if you go to, don't go here now, but you can write it down to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, no, let's go there real quick. Keep your finger here. I hope I'm not bouncing too much today. Everybody keeping up okay? Go to Hebrews chapter 11. And verse six says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who will diligently seek him. Do you see that? Doesn't that sound like an Abraham story? God began a process of showing Abraham, this is who I am. And this is what I will do as you follow me. Do you see that? See, guys, that's what happens in the process of persuasion. Right? Is that we come to know who God is and what he will do because of who he is. Does that make sense? And so you see in Abraham's life, so God appears. He appears to Abraham. He says, Abraham, I am God. Leave your family, just you and Sarah, your wife, and follow me. To a place that I'm going to show you. Right? Do y'all remember that story? Yep. And so, what did Abraham do? He lived with his dad and <laughs> He, he kind of halfway obeyed. Anybody else halfway obeyed before? Yes. Any, yes. any, yes. anybody ever kind of like, okay, God, I'll, I'll kind of obey. <laughs> I'll kind of do this, right? Aren't you glad that God will take your half-hearted obedience? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you glad your half-hearted obedience will never drive God away from you? He'll look at you and go, well, this is going to take a little bit longer than I'd hoped. (laughs) But here we go. Okay, awesome. I got you moving. Right? I got you going in that direction. So again, so Abraham leaves. He takes his mama and his daddy with him, takes his nephew Lot with him, and they begin the journey. Right? Right? But if you read through the life of Abraham, you're going to see a consistent process of God revealing to Abraham who he is and what he will do. And giving him living words, rhemas, that will build his persuasion. You know, the famous one we always hear talk about, and I love it, is God said, hey, I'm going to give you a word that will be visible in the daytime. Look at the sand. And I'm going to be a, give you a word that'll give you inspiration in the nighttime. Look at the stars. Count the sand. Count the stars. That's what I'm going to do. And through this whole time, God was consistently persuading Abraham. And Abraham's faith was getting stronger. Right? Because finally, you know, again, he finally comes to a place, and it's interesting. You know, Abraham's daddy and the mama die. And they bury them on the journey. Then it's just Abraham and his nephew. And they move into the promised land. And and God's blessing them. Got to the place where they were so blessed that Abraham said, hey, look, Lot. The land can't support both of us and all of our wealth. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you pick first. And you go the way you want to go and I'll go the other way. And Lot being the generous, loving nephew that he was looked up and said, well, I'll take all the really good land <laughs> and I'm going to leave you with all the desert. Mm-hmm. And Abraham says, okay, great, fine. And you see that in that moment, God comes and says, okay, finally, you're at the place of full obedience. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that the level of how God began to speak to Abraham went up. Yeah. The moment Abraham got fully obedient... God began to speak stronger and more direct, and things began to accelerate, Mm -hmm. right? But it was always a process of persuasion. So, Tony, I don't know if that helps, but, I mean, faith and persuasion are synonymous, right? They're a synonymous term, and it's helped me a lot to understand that, that when we talk about increasing our faith I'm not increasing my faith I am strengthening my persuasion I'm getting more and more convinced I'm getting more and more convinced He says and when he was fully convinced When he was fully convinced Yes for sure fuck your fuck your renewing your own mind toward what's already been spoken so it's when it talks about your faith increasing person could just know that your faith was already there Yes start with Just have to convince yourself? Does that make make sense? Well, it does. Well, you're persuading yourself again, those that would come to God, those that would please God, must believe number one, this is who He is, and this is what He will do. Mm -hmm. Now please hear me. Am I saying you you don't have any faith? Because I know this is the big thing that gets people, right? I want to talk real, and this is, let's get real, real and real frank with each other. All right. Do you understand that it is impossible for you to actually not believe? Have you ever thought about that before? You you believe Something. something, right? It is absolutely impossible for a human being to be without faith. Because you were made like I was, you were made by a faith being in his image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So you are a faith being. Everything about your life is built on faith. That's why it says again in Hebrews chapter 11, around the third verse, it says, We understand that by faith, God framed the entire world. Do you under, like we're here in this building, this building that we're in has been framed that behind the sheetrock and the stuff, there are studs that hold everything together. Well, God created the world as the framework was faith. The world is built, everything you see that is hung is hung on the studs, mm-hmm. the framework of belief. The world operates on belief. You operate on belief. Mm-hmm. So And and you are, and and what I mean by that is what you're fully persuaded in. Hello? Does that make sense? It, It runs your life, it runs my life. Again, and I know, and I'm trying to be a nice pastor, I truly am. I'm trying to be just a sweet guy, right? But I have to look at my life and go, everything in my life, that which I love and am grateful for, and that which I don't like, about Brad, I want them both because <laughs> they're present. Okay. Does that make sense? I've, i picked on my weight before, right? This beautiful body of a God that I possess, right? You know, that God's Buddha, right? Lucas, you know, and stuff. It's because it's there because of what I believe. I wish that wasn't true I've been trying to convince I know, but i do i i believe that fried okra is awesome right <laughs> amen i you know does that make sense i i- be- i believe right i believe that crispy cream donuts are good amen i believe that how do you know I believe that because because, and and I'm in, and again, as I was driving by, I'm getting stronger. Hey, you're going to be praised. I was actually driving down 31 in Hoover. You know, there's a Krispy Kreme right there. And the hot sign was on. And I just kept driving. What? And when I drove by, I thought, I have grown. <laughs> I have increased in my persuasion. Does that make sense? But it has to be. And And that's what we're saying. I'm persuaded about everything in my life. Mm -hmm. And I am living out what I'm persuaded about. Mm -hmm. So please hear me. Don't be condemned by that. Be uh, encouraged by that because, oh, okay, then A, I can change my persuasion. Mm -hmm. And I can get stronger. Does that make sense? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm trying to, trying to keep this PG because then we got some little kids in here. But I mean, you have to look at this whole story of Abraham, right? It was a sexual thing that was happening. Right? Abraham was impotent. Came to a place where he was impotent. Sarah was barren their whole marriage. And even though, even though we know biblically uh, Sarah was beautiful, even at ninety something, she was so beautiful that Abraham sold her up the river twice to two separate kings. Right? I mean, because he was a he was a great noble man. Right? I mean, you know, don't kill me. Take the girl. I mean, you know, it is, You know, <laughs> that's my and that wasn't wrong. He was half sister, right? You know. He married his half sister, which was all kinds of stuff in there. You can't, which a lot of that that was there, but, but look at, but even, even with Sarah's beauty, right. And even with stuff going on, they hadn't been intimate with each other for some time because when God finally showed up that day at the door of the tent and it says, Sarah laughs (laughs) that old fart, I'm going to, he's going to finally please me. (laughs) So I tell, they hadn't been together in a while, right? But apparently Abraham came to a place where he was so persuaded, not only did it fix himself, he restored his relationship with his wife. Do you understand that their issue had probably so affected their relationship? That I just say this to say that they were persuaded about something, and that persuasion had to change. Does this help? So I encourage you to sit there and say that is, is that's why we should be encouraged to continue in the word of God. Because, OK, yeah, Lord, continue to persuade me. Amen. And even when we talk about I got to get the and, I, and please hear me, because I know we have some f- favorite phrases that I don't 100 percent disagree with. But I just want to kind of bring some clarity with, but even that whole we got to get the word of God in our heart phrase is, I know what we mean by that. To me, it's better to say it like this. I I got to keep persuading my heart. I got to keep, yeah, encourage. I got to keep, just like y'all kind of picked on me. And, you know, I didn't quite believe you with that little money illustration. Brad, can you do it one more time? (laughs) Right? Can you just, can you pass out your wallet one more time? Time and I just, and everybody started. That's just your persuading. Will will he do it again? Maybe that was a one off. Mm -hmm. Maybe that was a great analogy for this Sunday. My wife has been with me. I can't tell how many times I've done that Mm -hmm. illustration. Does does that make sense? Help us with that, Lord. But faith and persuade are synonymous, right? How is my heart persuaded? towards the Lord and what he said He's going to do. Again, now back to that verse in, in Hebrews chapter 11, right? If you want to please God, those that want to please him and come to him must believe those two things. Who are you? And what will you do based on who you are? Right? See, many people, they know him, but they're not persuaded he'll do it. And even in the whole... What he'll do, how you will reward those who diligently seek you. We can look at it like this. How you will reward those or do for people who continually come to you and say, persuade me. Show me. Let me see who you are. Do you see that, 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 that diligently seeking him? is not because God's going na nah, 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 I'm hiding this on you na-na-na-na-na-na, try harder Alicia na-na-na-na-na. does that make sense it's it's not any of God's not saying well let's just see how bad Tony wants it <laughs> right he's saying will you keep will you keep pursuing and persuading yourself in who I am and what I'll do for you will you continually persuade yourself that this is who I am and this is what I will do. Because God is not a man that He would lie. Correct. God is not a man that would say one thing and do something different. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. In Him it says, "There's not even a shadow that can turn." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? There's not even any shadow of turning. There's no variance. God, you no, know, aren't you glad God doesn't flicker? You know. <laughs> He doesn't waver, right? He is the same. How long? Yesterday, today, forever. There's no changing in him. And so we continually come and say, Lord, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep persuading myself. I'm going to keep seeking you. This is who you are. This is what you will do because of who you are. Does that make sense? And again, as we back up and look, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, right? God revealed himself in multitudes of his names, right? Somebody shout out a name of God. One at a time. I'm, so, so somebody, give me one person shout out a name of God. Jehovah Rapha. What does that mean? He is God, my healer. Do you remember when that happened? Jehovah Rapha. Mm-mm. Remember, it's when he healed the waters that were bitter. Oh, you're the Lord that healed. But you are the Lord that heals. Not that likes to heal. Sometimes heals. That practices healings on the weekend. Right? Every fifth Sunday, Jesus likes to heal people. Right? Does that make sense? Healing to say, you are the Lord who has healing as a hobby. No, what does it say? You are Jehovah, the God that heals. Period. All the time. every That's why you see in Jesus' life, how many people left Jesus sick? None. None. If someone came to Jesus... Did he ever look at them and go, no, not for you. I got a different plan for you. Come on. Y'all with me? None. Not a single one. The only people who Jesus said, man, and even said he would not. He says, I cannot heal you because you won't believe me. said that to the Pharisees right that day. He says he. he, And even I love that. It says he could do no mighty work there, except. And I love that. Even in the midst of all kinds of unbelief, there was still an except. Except he healed a few minor things. I love it. Jesus is surrounded in that one meeting by so much unbelief about who he is, and he's still just looking to heal something. And it says, I, I just couldn't do anything mighty there. I just There was a few kind of somewhat sick people, and I healed them. Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. Some of y'all ain't convinced. I can see it already. Y'all just yeah. still think, oh, no, Brad. It's just... Because we've seen people die. Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. Right? i've seen i've seen me be sick and god heal somebody i laid hands <laughs> and you still go what in the world oh well yeah that brad's basic theology okay god is good plus me equals what i see in the bible which is perfect and good oh yeah i should probably start with me right brad's basic i've told you all brad's basic formula on life and theology that there is God plus Brad equals God's will is written in the word. Mm-hmm. Right? How many of you would say the God part is fairly perfect? Yeah. Anybody agree with okay. me there? Yeah. How many of you would say the Bible part fairly perfect? perfect. Yep. So if, if I'm ever getting the wrong answer on the other side of the equation, what part of the equation should I go to first that might be the cause of the wrong answer? <laughs> the Brad part. Oh, what is Brad persuaded about this? Oh, this shows Brad. yet me come one more time. One more time, God. Persuade me one more time. Show me one more time. Talk to me one more time. One more word, God. Keep, Lord, help me persuade my heart. Persuade my heart. That's, that's, that's what I want us to have, Lord. Persuade my heart. I'm coming. Why do I open the Bible? Because God, I want won't you to persuade my heart. Because I, I know You've shown me things, God, about, and I, about me. Lord, I know, I've, I've seen things that you've shown me about me. And there's a gap between Brad today and what you've shown me about me. Lord, help me close the gap. Help me close the gap. Lord, persuade me, You are so faithful. Amen. Does that make sense? Can I, I'll try to tell this is a fresh story. I love it. So I'm, I'm going to do my best to not burn some poor brother, okay? So I'm going to try to keep names out of this. I'm going to, you're going to kick me real hard if I, if I slip up like I did last week and say names, all right? But this is a fresh story that there's, there's a brother that I know, and his pastor came to him and said, hey, man, listen. And this was out of care. And he, get us, here's some pastoral stuff. Um, as a pastor, you learn I, I never tell you specifics unless I know that 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 I know I'm supposed to tell you something specific, right? Because the last thing I want to ever be or any good pastor ever wants to be is your Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't ever, ever, ever want you guys to come to me like you would come to the Holy Spirit and say, Well, Brad, if you'll just tell me what to do, I'll go do it. That's dangerous. dangerous, right? So I know no good pastor who wants to be this way. And this pastor is a good pastor. But he, there was this brother in his church and he said, man, I just, uh, this is out of character, but I just think you're supposed to go do and name something he's supposed to go do. And this guy goes, well, God's got to tell me, okay, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I feel like God's saying. Right? Well, a week or so or whatever it was later, another person in that church randomly comes up, tells this brother the exact same thing. Word for word. Bam. Have you ever thought about it? I feel like God wants and bam. Well no, he's gonna to have to come tell me. That's what this brother responds. Right? Meanwhile, this whole this pastor's going, I just know. Man, I just I just know. Right? <laughs> Finally it's it's pushing, it's pushing and pushing, and and God's nudging this pastor, and he's like, Well God, I mean I I can't make nobody do anything. Finally. A third person, A third person comes up randomly out of the in that congregation and goes, hey, brother, I think you need to. Have you ever thought about and nails it three times word for word? Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. And finally this guy goes, OK, I guess I should go do that. <laughs> right. But then he says, but why didn't God tell me? On one side, he did. You just wanted to hear it another way. So one side, we have to be careful that we're not trying to prescribe how God talks to us. Lord, as long as you tell this to me this way, Mm -hmm. amen, then I'll believe it. Mm -hmm. Then I'll do it. Right? Let us be easily persuaded, especially when we know people have our hearts. But the other side is as as. I know this brother and know this pastor and what they were doing but this brother was just eaten up with the fear of making a mistake. He had, he had made some decisions previously in his life that hadn't gone well and like all of us can do, it can lock you up and you just really just freeze. You're deer in headlights. I just don't want to make a mistake. I just don't want to screw up one more time. So you freeze and you hold up and God can come talk to you and you can be like, no, and fear can bind you up. Yeah. Does this mean? But see that. But how faithful is God to persuade our heart? We'll put out and say, God, if that was really. We'll do the fleece thing, yeah. Tell me this way. We'll do the fleece thing, which, by the way, is very dangerous New Testament activity. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, it's Old Testament activity. It's dangerous in the New. It worked really good in the Old Testament because nobody had the Holy Spirit except the prophet, the priest, and the king. In the New Testament, we are not to put out fleeces. Yeah. That's how too many Christians get fleeced, <laughs> right? <laughs> as we put out fleeces instead of listening to the voice of the Spirit. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is this is this helpful, yes. Tony? Does this help some? in what we're doing? Any more clarity? I mean, on this, as we. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I want to have the open conversation, right? about it, so there's no no bad questions, no nothing, so just I just want to hear where you guys are at because it's so important. Okay all right, so in the beginning, it was uh, you were saying there's no such thing as not enough faith because mm-hmm. a little bit's all you need hmm but also, and they're synonymous, but we need more persuasion hmm does that make sense? Uh-huh, I, I can see what. You- then there's a disconnect there. Gotcha me. for you. Gotcha. Okay. Well, then let's help see. We don't need more faith. We need more persuasion, but they're synonymous. Okay. Well, as we talk about then, uh, and I can see the disconnect on that, so I can I acknowledge that. So, not completely synonymous in my own terminology here, okay. but it's so faith is a strong conviction, right? That's what faith is. How convinced are you that Jesus loves you? Very. Very. Could I talk you out of it? No. Right. Even if I tried for a long time, do you think, could I convince you? No. See, so your faith in his love for you is strong. Does that make sense? Because you've gone through a process of persuading your heart, and he has persuaded your heart for how much he loves you. So your faith, that faith there, which doesn't have to be big, but it's, it, I am persuaded. You could not talk me out of, like I'm with you, how much he loves me. Just like you can't talk me out of how forgiven I am. I've gone through the process of persuasion to know how powerful God's grace is. That you just can't talk me out of. I've had people Try. That I still got a residue of sin on the inside of me that is motivating my life. Mm -mm. No. Now, have I ever sinned since then? Oh, absolutely. But when you sin, you go back. Oh, God, man, I totally went against what I know to be true. (laughs) I totally just did something that I didn't have to do. I wasn't I, I shouldn't have done it, but it's contrary to who I know I am because I'm so persuaded does that make sense? Right. So it, it. So they're connected together. To the persuasion part is what brings that faith strength that's there. That brings power to that seed of faith. Right, and um, and and I want to say it to sense because what's helped me is is because I again I, I told you, we are a word of I am a word of faith teacher. As much as I think I have been blackballed. Because I don't sound like Mm -hmm. all the stuff that I was taught. Mm -hmm. I am totally persuaded in what we would call the word of faith message, Mm -hmm. right? That it's powerful. That as we understand the power of what it means to live by faith, Mm -hmm. to be in faith is huge. But it's this, but I've learned to say, okay, where I can see a discrepancy, I just know, oh, I just, I need to persuade myself here some more. And as I've, I've tried to be as transparent as I in healing and the reason why I want to talk about this for healing is because guys I want us to be ready all of us to see God do great things through us as a church family the reason why I want to take the time to talk about this is, is you all, all these people I'm looking at today you're going to go out and heal the sick that's what you're going to go do amen Amen. You're going to experience the healing power of God, not just in your own body to cover whatever's going on in you. But more importantly, because you're going to go minister healing to other people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? But I have to be honest with myself to go, but there's a gap in Brad. <laughs> just being honest. Where I go, okay, God, I, I, need to sh- I need to close the gap in healing for Brad. for persuasion. Does that mean that I don't believe? I you're not fully it just means in certain aspects I, I'm still persuading my heart. I'm not fully persuaded. But it doesn't mean I don't believe. Does this? Is that what so persuasion time to renew your mind. Yes. Okay. Yeah, persuasion and renewing your mind are are tied together, right? Mm-hmm. And again, where I would sit there and say, for us, Tony, as you're talking about this is, even though we can see whatever that process is, I do believe that as we learn to cooperate more with God, we can shorten that persuasion process out. It doesn't have to take decades, right, to get there. That we can, we can grow, and I think, well, if it was Audrey, you said it, I think on Thursday, <laughs> by reason of use, I can have my senses developed, it says in Hebrew, to discern good and evil. But I think by reason of use, as I walk through a process of persuasion, I can get fast. I can close the gap it's quick. Like muscle memory. It's like muscle memory. And it's very mechanical, actually. It is quite mechanical. Yeah. I, but I just want to encourage us. But it comes from this time of the Word and hearing the Word, but hearing God talk to you from the Word. Yeah. Right? And and, and I really want to... Because, you know... we. And again, I, and I don't know how many of y'all know the Word of Faith background, it's the one that I came out of, but it's what we get a lot of um, flack for, is we, we, we're the abracadabra people, right? <laughs> if you just say it long enough, loud enough, with enough inflection in your voice, <laughs> then magically it's going to happen. And that's just not true. That's witchcraft. Uh, that's that's mantras, hocus pocus, abracadabra. Mm-hmm. Wave the magic wand of the word and it just mystically happens. Mm-hmm. Now, some somebody all like is this all right this mhm from what we're trying to I'm sorry. Sure, 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 sure. Please do. No, no, no. You please do, nigga. You be hard on him. It's good. persuasion on point mm-hmm. and I can so it's what Je- yeah so what Jesus said this Jesus said in Mark 11 go there real, real quick right and this is what I mean by that and please do stop me with this because I want to answer people's questions I want to and I, and if I don't do a good job I want you to call me out on it because my heart is I want to have us to grow in this I don't want to just give placating party line answers of, well, just believe, sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Well, come on. Where's your faith? You they know. know you know. I, I I really want to say I want you to see in the word and I want to keep going around it so we can get clear on it. I want to get better at communicating this, but I also know that every time we gather together, I'm training you to go teach other people. Yeah. uh because you all will go make disciples. So I want this to be clear for you so we can all know how to go and, and, and share and show this to other people so that they can be free and they can move in that process. Amen. So it says in Mark eleven 23. let's back up, Mark 11. Let's go, um, let's go to verse 20, Mark eleven twenty. it says, and this is after, you remember this, this is after Jesus withered the fig tree. Y'all remember that story? Jesus and his disciples were, were journeying. Jesus sees a fig tree. I know what he feels like. I've got that fig tree in my backyard. I've had that fig tree for four years, now I hasn't borne a fig yet. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go talk to it at the end of the yes. season. I've been given a lot of grace and mercy. I've been looking at leaves. it, ain't, it ain't, still ain't produced a fig. So I'm about to practice what Jesus said and curse it and just say, "Get out, you're taking up space." Right. So Jesus, Jesus finds this fig tree that did, didn't produce. And he curses it. He says, no man eat fruit from you now forever. Says it and walks away. Like done. Says they come back the next day or so later. You remember they're journeying back on that same road, And the disciples look up. And that fig tree is dried up. It said from the roots. Huh? So verse 20 says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter remembering said to Jesus, teacher, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. How many of you, you'd be like, holy moly. <laughs> Amen. That guy looked at that thing and said something and it died. And so Jesus said, well, hey, okay, have faith in God. Now, actually, and I do agree, in, in the Greek language, it actually says it better like this, have the God kind of faith. Have the same type of faith God has. What kind of faith does God have? Well, pretty solid. But what did God's faith look like? Light be. And it was. He speaks and things happen. That's the God kind of faith. You you are living in a rhema of God. This planet came about because God believed. Because God said, firmament, separate. Boom. Right? You, you understand that the only thing God touched with his hands to make was you and I. I it, like that, and That's why we're special, kid. That's exactly what. The, everything else God made by talking to it. Mm-hmm. Do this. Animals come. This come. That. Everything else he made with his word. So Jesus says, we'll just have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, how assuredly is that? I love in the old uh, King James that says, if you got King James, there's, it says something like verily, verily, I say unto you, we would say it in modern speak truthfully, truthfully, right? I'm not lying, right? There's no more secure phrase than Jesus can say is assuredly, I tell you. Whoever says to the mountain, "Be removed and be not, and be cast into the sea," and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the God kind of faith. But notice here, and here's what happened in Word of Faith, and, and Brother Hagan said it for years, and I heard him, and I love him, and I don't mean to be mean, and if you're listening to this and I'm being critiqued, I truly mean this with my whole heart, right? He would say things like, see, in that one verse, there's three times as much saying as there is believing, right? And, and what he was endeavoring for people to do is to speak, to talk, mm-hmm. But yet it got interpreted wrongly that if you just talk a lot <laughs> and if you just say it and say it and say it and say it and say it, and say it that you're saying will bring it to pass. Well, when you read that verse, what did Jesus say will bring it to pass? You're believing. Jesus said, this is what I tell you, whoever believes in his heart is persuaded. That when he looks at that mountain and says, you get up and get out in the sea, and he believes it, he's persuaded of it, he's convinced of it, that mountain can't do anything but obey. Just as much as, like again, I've had people sit at my table and look at me and try to convince me to hang on to my sin nature. And, and Miss Viva, that has been my question: to why in the world would you A, even want to hang on to your sin nature? But sweetie, listen to me: Christians all around the world will fight you to the death to hang on to their sin nature. They will fight you and fight you and fight you and fight you, right? And then wonder why they still live in sin. <laughs> well, that you live in sin because you believe you're going to. you're more persuaded that you still got a sin nature, so therefore you keep sinning. But if you would persuade yourself from scripture, like Paul said, that when you believed in Jesus Christ, he reached into your heart and performed a spiritual circumcision and cut away your old sin nature with all of its passions and its lust and pulled it out of you and cast it from the east to the west, chunked it in the sea of forgetfulness, and said, now you're a brand new person just like me. Then, yes, when the opportunity to sin comes, you go, oh, okay, I don't have to obey that. And to obey that, I would have to deny who I am. Now, I've done that before. Come on, I've denied who I am and gone with an old fleshy way. But now, that, here's the thing, but now I'm, I'm so convinced now that when those opportunities present themselves, I'm like going, I would have to deny grace, its power, its influence, its ability, and step over and do it anyway. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. does, that make, does that make sense? But I'm, I'm persuaded, right? I'm persuaded. Yes? So, it goes back to what we're talking about on Thursday, so really, persuasion is just realizing that you have a choice. Yes. And that believing that you can speak what you know this God's work and what you know about the truth. I mean, I yeah. Put, like I feel like sometimes we want things. It's easier to say like, "Oh, it's out of my hands." Yes. I can't have that. Like, I can't, you know. Than to say because if you say that you understand it and you're persuaded, yeah. It, then you're making you have everything in your life that you want. Yeah. Well, so that makes sense. It, it does. It, and so, but I. But here's the thing: is how. Let me say, like, how many of you... Now, I'm going to play a game with you, okay? So, th- I'm, here I'm, I'm messing with you. So, just, just giving you a fair warning. So, just repeat after me. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Everybody ready? Jesus, Jesus. isn't Lord. say So, so Jesus, Jesus isn't Lord. How many of you can say that? I'm not... <laughs> Well, Mr. I ain't saying it, I ain't. And you would be right, right? Why? Why can you say that so convincingly? See, so you have faith. See, that's what, see, when, even when Jesus is saying you speak to the mountain, right? It's, it's like that. Oh, you, you got to go. There's, there's no hesitancy there's a surety, just as much as if, I know I caught some of you off guard because you're so trusting and I appreciate that, right? You're just so trusting and I appreciate it. But, but if I told you to say, hey, well, so just say out loud, Jesus isn't Lord. And, y'all are like, I, I, I know. and I watched some of y'all, it came out your mouth and you're like, ooh, ooh, greasy, I don't like, no. I'm going to say that, uh uh But if I sat there and I'll say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He is, the, is he, is the, he is the King of Kings. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Lord. I mean He is good all the time. He is good to me all the time. He only is good to me. He, only is good to me. he never does bad to me. He never does bad to me. Come. Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. You see how easy it was to say? That's because you believe. That's what Jesus was. Was was Jesus, you know, he approaches that fig tree that day. And Jesus didn't go break away and go, okay, I got to, can I, can I do this? (laughs) I got to take some time and pray and I need to meditate up on this. Do I have the ability to curse a fig tree? I don't know. Is it in, is it in the Bible? I got to go get me some verses to stand on. No, Jesus runs into a situation and goes, oh no, you're, you're cursed. You're dead. And he just moves on and comes back, and everybody else is like, Oh my God, is dead. <laughs> and they're shocked, and Jesus goes, Well, why are you shocked? That's just the God kind of faith. That's what you got. Yeah. So just have that kind of faith. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. Do, do you see? See, what we actually believe comes out of us that easy. And, that, and and I've told people, that's what you're listening for in yourself, is what is easily exiting my mouth. Because that's what I actually, and I call it the knee jerks. My mama used to call it, give my mama some good, my mama used to call it the gospel toothpaste tube. <laughs> right, that's what she used to say, right? Remember that? She'd say, it's, well, your gospel toothpaste tube got squoze. Right? Life came up and squoze your toothpaste and we just saw what came out. Because <laughs> that's what you actually believe. Life squeezed your toothpaste tube. Did the gospel come out? Or did something else come out? And don't feel bad if something else came out. You need to go, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Let me help me deal with that. Help me get all of that out. Amen. Help me get all of that out and only get out what's the truth. Help me persuade my heart. And and, and that's that persuasion. How do I know where I'm persuaded? When I run into something, what comes out? Right? What comes out of me in that instant, in that moment? And that's just a great indicator of, oh, that's where I'm actually at. Right again. It's, is this? Our, I don't even know what time it is. Anybody know what time it is? Okay, let's just give a few more minutes. Y'all have been so gracious. I hope this is helpful. It, it, if I can make it real practical, it's what you're doing when you're ministering and talking to people, right? Is, is, is you need to know where they're at. Now, that's not necessary if you know where you're at. And you can at least, I love what Dusty used to say. Uh, you either need to identify where people are at Right. And you come to where they're at and you agree with them with where they're at. Or at least if they can kick themselves into neutral and let you pull them up to where you're at. On one side, or you're so convinced you're not moved even by their unbelief. You just show up and you are convinced. Do you understand that in every healing in the Bible, every healing uh, in the New Testament gospels, somebody was fully convinced. Now, we, we read that in the one on one times of ministry, when Jesus was ministering one on one with people, that a large number of those times he said phrases like this to them. Be it done unto you according to your belief. Right? How persuaded was that woman with the issue of blood? Very. 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 How persuaded? Well, here's how her... Pers- she hears... Now, this is back... This is that process again. She hears a rhema. She hears... and I love. Jesus is in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Jesus is on the road that I live on. That's what she hears. Mm-hmm. And she says unto herself from the word, if I can just touch... The hem of his garment. Now, the reason why she went there is because in the Old Testament, there's a prophecy of Messiah that says there will be healing in his wings. Now, in the Hebrew language, that's kind of weird for us because we think of chicken wings, right? I mean, if you're cooking, maybe you can apply that verse to good. If you got good chicken, chicken wings at full moon, they're healing in our wings at full moon, right? (laughs) And so. (laughs) You got to put that up there. That's no slogan. There's healing in our wings. But, um, but in, in us, we think of it like that. But in Jesus's day, uh, those Pharisees and the rabbis would wear this long, kind of like a scarf. Uh, and it had these tassels on it that were there. And they called the tassels, the wings. It was a synonymous term. So do you see this? She hears Jesus is in my road. She hears that he is the Messiah. She goes back to the Logos, the written word, and goes, oh, the word says about Jesus, there's healing in his tassels. If I can just, now she's, if I can just touch the tassel, I'll be healed. And she was so persuaded that she broke the law because it was illegal for her to be out in public. She pushes her way through opposition, so persuaded she's not going to be denied. She's not going to be talked out of it. She's not going to be scared off by the crowd. She could have been stoned to death. I mean, she could have just been trampled to death, much less stoned. There's a ton of people. She nudges her way through and she acts on what she believes and touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus doesn't even know she's there. And it says Jesus felt power leave his body. Felt it. He's walking. She touches him from behind and he feels who touched me. And, and now there's a difference, right? And the disciples are like, Lord, there's you surrounded. Everybody touching you. Not like that they haven't. Guys, come on. There's all kinds of people touching Jesus without faith. But the touch of faith sucked power out of him. And he said, oh, that touch I know. And he turns, woman be it done unto you according to your persuasion. Mm -hmm. According to your, do you see that? Mm -hmm. This whole process is in all of these stories. I I was gonna share it today real quick. It's Peter in his first calling, Mm -hmm. right? I love back even to half-hearted, right? Jesus gets in Peter's boat. Jesus preaches the message. Jesus turns to Peter, push out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch, Mm -hmm. right? Peter says, okay, according to the rhema you just gave me, I'll put down a net. (laughs) Not even all, I love that. Not even full obedience. Because Jesus was clear. He said nets, plural. Peter was clear. He responded, no net, singular. (laughs) And Jesus said, okay, okay. Have it your way. <laughs> be, you. be it unto you, according to your faith. And he almost sunk all his boats. With one net. But do, do you see this process that happens? And that's what we're going. We come to the word of God. We're coming, Lord. Because co- I, I want to move our time with the Lord where it needs to be. And the Lord, talk to me. Speak to me, show me. Right, because when 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 the Lord speaks to you, it's it's it, it, it's that really it's that it's that we talked about it on Thursday night, right? Jesus said when He's in the desert that day, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that comes out of the mouth of God." That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, "You'll live." By the Ramas of God. That's how you'll live. Mm-hmm. How will the word of God come alive in your life. When we say okay Lord. When you speak to me. And it's the living. And I, you speak. I can live by that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Does, does that make sense? No, we're all dead or something? No, God, don't, Okay it doesn't matter. Does this. Yep. Right. Yep. And then Jesus defeats the devil. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -mm -mm. Does that make sense? Paul, again, in Ephesians chapter six, he talked about it. He said, you'll take up the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God. Right? How do you attack the devil in your life? How do you attack the things through the rhema's God has shown you? Hallelujah. The rhema in that moment. It's why, again, when things come to us... uh, how do you say that like this? We, we need to be quick to go to the word of God. And then quick to act once he's spoken to us from the word of God. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to the word of God for him to speak to me. For him to highlight and show me that rama of God. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Have all of y'all had that happen before in your life? I mean, just just, just again, I know we're all getting to know each other. How many of you, you can look back and you can tell me, you can raise your hand, and you can say, you know what, yeah, there, I, I, there's been a moment where God, from his word or through somebody that was quoting the word, or through, but from the word of God, the Lord quickened or made something alive to me. You've heard me say it last week. It jumped off the page. It stood out to me. It grabbed my attention. It was bigger. And maybe it's something. It, who's had that happen? they just... Stick your hand up if you've had to have them hold it. I want to see. Could it have been another book or just? The Why? In the book, it was quoting the word of God, yeah. right? Yeah. How many of you get this? Honestly, you, you, you don't know, or maybe that's never happened. And you raise your hand, and it's okay to raise your hand. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Okay, good. I see that. That's good. That's good. That's awesome. Uh, don't know. Don't, hey, 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 I do this because hey, listen. That's, that's okay. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is what you do. Now you understand. We said, Lord, now open the word to me. Yeah. Lord, now when I'm reading, now I want you to change the way you approach the word mm-hmm. and to sit there and say, okay, Lord, now now talk to me. Mm-hmm. Talk to me from this. Mm-hmm. And what will happen, it'll, it'll again, you hear people say this all the time. Those good old preachers say this all the time expect that God's going to call something to go whoop it's going to literally it'll jump off the page it'll highlight you won't move past it you know it's the can I just be honest with you it's it's, it's wonderful and the most aggravating thing in my own personal life because I have felt terrible you, can I just can I have this confessions of your pastor can I play sad music I want to play I have never read the entire bible in my whole life <laughs> Right. I never have. Personally, I'm just telling you honestly, I have never, there are parts of that that I've never read them. I just haven't read them. Now that's, I'm not saying that in brag. I don't think that's good. (laughs) So please hear me. I'm just trying to be honest. Right. I'm just trying to be real. I just, I just, I've not read them. Now you want to know the main reason why (laughs) is I can't get past two or three verses. Truly, I can't. I, I open the Bible and, I, and, and, and bam, I get stuck. Because things begin to talk to me. A lot. Because a lot. listen, I would much rather have a church full of people who have never read the whole Bible, but who, when they open the Bible, they can say, it talks to me a lot. And I would much rather say I'd have a church full of people say, you know what? I've never, I've never left the book of Ephesians because <laughs> I just, God won't let me leave it. I just, <laughs> or I've never left this book or I've never left these three verses. Please hear me. Cause many times in church world, we, we, we set ourselves up for this. You're not reading for, for, to, to just read it. You're not reading to make it through the Bible plan. You're not reading it so you can get the spiritual voice out badge that says, I read my Bible this year. Now, please, those things aren't wrong. Those things aren't evil. I'm not speaking against them. But you're reading it to say, God, talk to me. And I want you to read it. And God, I'm not giving up till you do. I'm not stopping till you do. And then when he does, for the love of our Savior and Lord, stop right there and say, talk to me. Okay, unpack this. Mm -hmm. And if I got to camp out there for, like I told you, there was a year and a half. A year and a half. I camped out in Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. I just could, I could not leave. I would read it, and I'd come back again, and I'd read it, and I'd come back again, and I'd read it, and I'd read there, and, I, and God would think, I'm free from my sin. I'm free. It no longer has dominion over me. It no longer controls me. I have been redeemed. I, I, I told you before, that old nature is dissolved like a rusty bumper dissolved. And at the time we were living in Canada, I had seen rusty bumpers from all the salt on the, the where there is no bumper. You ever seen a rusty bumper where there is no bumper? Right. I mean, there was trucks. I had a guy we hunted with each other, and his his passenger because it was on my side of the car. His front quarter panel it had a had an end where it connected to the frame, and this part over here in the middle was gone. It's Like that, that car from cars where the bumper always fell. yeah, where the bumper uh, is gone, right? And and God said, it's like Randy's truck. Your sin is gone. You can't find that quarter panel. <laughs> It's gone. And I'm like, it's gone. Right? And then I told you. Then all of a sudden, all that sprang to life one day when I was trying to find porn. Mm -hmm. And out of here, Mm -hmm. surged up the truth of what I... And I pushed away. I said, that's not me anymore. Mm -hmm. That is not who I am. Mm -hmm. See, do you understand? See, that's faith. Mm -hmm. You believe just like Jesus when he looked at that tree and said, you'll die now. Mm-hmm. See, guys, I, I, want, I want to get so strong. I just I'll, I will look at people and go, cancer, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And you're gone. And, and, and I want it to be so strong. I want it to be as strong as I know I'm free from my sin. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. As I told you, I, I want to live in such a way where God, I know what you've asked me to do. And I don't care if I don't make a dime. It does not matter. I know what you've asked me to do. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's time to stop playing church. It's time to be who we are, right? Because because like I told you before, it's awesome. To speak to your mountain and see it moved, right? But I want to speak to other people's mountain and help them move, right? I want to remove stuff out of other people's life. Does that make sense? Does that? Man, and, and, and that's what we're, we're persuading our hearts We're persuading our hearts, and and, and the pursuit of that persuasion is the pursuit of faith, right? And, And being honest with ourselves and saying, Lord, show me my gap. I thank you that I'm never condemned when you show me my gap, but you show me the gap so I know where to go here. I know what to study now. I know what to feed on now. I know what to listen to now. I know what to meditate on now. I know what to, to go to have that place where you can close the gap because you'll begin to talk to me there. Does that make sense? You know? Brandon, my weird examples that come to my brain. It's like, you know, if my, if my fly was down. It's not. I hope it's not. It's not. Right? But if my fly was down... And you came to me and said, Brad, your fly's down. And I said, nah, it's not. <laughs> My fly's not down. I'm good. Right? <laughs> right? And you'd be like, you'd be trying to convince me. Right? You'd be trying to persuade me. Hey, buddy, hey buddy your fly's down. Nah, that's good. I'm good. Nah, I'm good. I'm, I can live. I can yeah, live you're with You're good, but we ain't. Yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah, but maybe but you know how many people I know they go through their faith life like that? No, I'm good. I'm good right where I'm at. I don't need God to close that gap. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. It's good. It's all right. It's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Right? It's okay. Mm-hmm. But to say, no, God, I, I want you to, I want you honestly to show me, help me close the gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Help me close up because I know this, this word you wrote and preserved is true. I know who you are is true. Right? And, and it matters that that gap closes, not just for my own life, but because I get to go minister to other people. You get to go minister to other people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, these people are so awesome. And I'm so grateful. And so right now this morning, just as we've done this and talked today, just would you be Willing to say, Father, Lord, just show me my gap. Right? Now, here, here's the thing. Um, just, just, this is my prayer, right? Maybe I'm a chicken. Lord, just one gap. <laughs> I don't need to see all of them. <laughs> just show me the one that, need, that I need. Highlight the one I need to work on. Amen. Show me. Amen. Show me, Father. Show me. And Holy Spirit, just then, as we see it, we thank you that you'll do what Jesus said your job would be, is you will then remind us of the things that Jesus said. You will remind us of the things that address the gap. And Lord, our commitment is, is that as you show us from the Bible where the gap is, Lord, we will obey. Lord, we will respond to what we see. We will respond to what we see in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, because we don't want to just be hearers of the word. Lord, I want to be a doer of the word. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Yes, sir. You know, I hadn't ever thought about this before, but, you know, many times we talk about that, about being a doer of the word, and, and we use it in connection to, um, yeah, we should we should do certain things like, okay, I should give, I'm just using this as an example. Okay. I should give, but you understand to be the doer of the word that include those kind of things. But man, I just said, but Lord, you said, go and heal the sick. You said, go cast out devils. You said, go preach the gospel to every creature. You said, go make disciples. Amen. And that's the real doing of the word. I think he's looking to point us towards. Amen. 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 So we thank you for it, Father. Lord, continue to show us these things, highlight these things to us this week. Um, In Jesus' name. Amen.